Good morning, everyone. It's Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer here at Efficient Market Advisors. This is my weekly market and economic commentary for the week beginning today, Monday, July 27, 2022. Remember, you can follow me intraweek on both Twitter and LinkedIn. You can get this uh, weekly commentary via subscription where we send you an email with the deck and the slides and you listen to me narrate it. Or you can talk to any of your smart devices and tell them to play Slaying Bulls and Bears or tell them to play Herb Morgan's podcast. Everything you're about to see and or hear is created by me for use with you, whether you are a financial advisor or an individual investor. Nothing contained in this presentation should be treated as investment advice. No recommendations for the purchase or sale of any security. The information contained here is purely for informational purposes only. So here's the good news. We had a great week in equity prices, despite pretty poor economic data. Why did we get a great week in equity prices? Well, we had pre, pre, the prior week, we had a little bit of a capitulation in equity markets. We'll talk about that. We also had, um, uh, you know, the Fed kind of get, getting more aggressive with these 75 basis point hikes. And we saw some of the inflation indicators begin continue to moderate. That could signal a shift away from market movement that's focused purely on Fed action, and it can move to something else. I think it's going to be earnings. We'll talk about that as we progress. Needless to say, though, all across the board, equities up, led by large cap U.S., which had been, you know, really hurt. One of the biggest hurt groups, large cap equity U.S., big cap tech, adjusting to those higher interest rates in the market, which is a discounting mechanism for the market. Let's start with existing home sales. In May, existing home sales continue their significant and sharp decline, came in at 5.41 million, right in line with expectations. Culprit there, no question about it. Rising mortgage rates, rising mortgage rates, a reflection of the Fed raising Fed funds and discount and ceasing to purchase mortgage-backed securities in the open market that is cooling the previously white-hot housing market. Initial claims for unemployment remain very low, showing a very healthy jobs market, but higher than they were. Still below 300,000, anything below 300,000, very healthy. Continuing claims came in at 1.31. Flash readings from S&P Global, formerly Marquette, uh, on both manufacturing and, and services. Manufacturing represents 15% of the U.S. economy. This is where the economic news starts to get bad and starts to uh, shift this, uh, our view that a recession was more likely in 23, if it were to come at all. We're still about 50-50 on it coming, but we think if it does come, it's more likely than not going to be uh, either now early 23 or possibly, very possibly, second half of 23. We'll talk about why as I progress here. Uh, this PMI came at 52.4 for June, well below the expectations of 56. That's still expansion, but in a peak to future months potential for expansion, we had a new orders number fell below 50, 48.4. That signals an end to the expansion and possibly even a contraction in manufacturing. And on the good news front, on the bad news is good news. Less demand for new orders, there's gonna be less demand for inputs, that eases the supply chain, that is, eases prices. That's moderately disinflationary. Input prices measure of this report fell to the lowest level 
since April of 21. So that's about a 14 month low in input pricing uh, measurement. Services, the other, uh, and now is 85% of the US economy, been a little weak, right? We had some COVID numbers, you know, late last year spike and kind of, but still just trending down, came in at 51.6, also below expectations, still expansion. But look at this, new business slipped to 47.2. That's below, that's below the line, that's contraction. It reverses the expansion we had been experiencing. And it was the lowest reading since May of 2020. Well, why, right? Things like gasoline prices are so high, causes people to give up other services that are um, less of a necessity than gasoline in their vehicle. Prices charged fell to the lowest reading of March of 21. Continued improvement on the inflation front. This is the dilemma that the Fed is in, right? We can, we can really stop inflation quickly, but we want to stop inflation, but without stopping demand and keeping the economy going. That's a very difficult uh, task to accomplish. Consumer survey, individual survey by the University of Michigan's Consumer Sentiment Survey for June, there, that fell to the lowest level ever, fell to 50, fell to 50. Uh, current conditions, expectations both fell. Respondents said they see bad times ahead in this year uh, and bad business conditions ahead this year. That number, the number of people that said that was the highest reading since 2009. Uh, what happened in 2009, we were in a pretty ugly recession, but market also bottomed in March of 2009. Would have been a great time to invest. Market rose substantially from 2009 until it's high, its peak back in November of just last year. So what do we see? Well, we see in the second half here, as we get ready to wind up the first half, we see inflation factors continuing to fade. I'm more convinced now, with the exception of gasoline, which is not part of the core readings, uh, gasoline is, is in a, a separate cycle related to the Ukraine-Russia war, et cetera. But overall, input prices, pressures are easing. And even, even energy prices in the last couple of weeks have moderated, and that led to the big rally last week. University of Michigan report that we just talked about, the inflation expectations within there and they say the break-even inflation expectations I see in my Bloomberg terminal, all of those has, have rolled over. Remember, the Fed came out very aggressive with that 75 and really hinted that there would be another 75 basis points in July. But I don't think they anticipated the pace and rapidity at which some of these inflation readings have rolled over. And now the futures market is suggesting that 75 basis points is still likely at the July meeting, but far less likely than it was two weeks ago when they raised rates 75 basis points. It is now quite possible that the Fed backs off that and goes to 50, but I'm not ready to make that call yet. Okay, so they may go one more time and then say, hey, it's gonna be as data permits, you know, one last final push. But it does move up. All this, this, this deterioration in demand, whether it's for housing, for manufacturing, for services, now pulls forward the possibility of a recession, even in the second half of 2022. If I was to bet, if I had to place a bet, I would still push it out to 23, but I probably wouldn't make that bet. It does look like, however, that that, that recession, should it come, is likely to be a very shallow recession, uh, because if the inflation pressures moderate, the Fed doesn't need to continue hiking once demand aggregate demand starts to fall and, and a recession is starting to happen, 
if the inflation is coming down on its own, the Fed can rest easy and there would be no reason to continue to hike. In fact, it looks to me like the market is beginning to move on from focusing everything on rates and now begin to focus, as we've been talking about, on earnings. Earnings season begins right away. There are some shocks, though, I think that could happen, which could trip the economy into a recession sooner, meaning it's back half of 2022. Number one, Fed could hike 75 basis points in July, overdo it like they overdone it, overdid it on the other side, even in the face of waning inflationary pressures. They could follow that with a series of very aggressive 50 basis point hikes. There's no meeting in August, um, which could, you know, again, trip the economy into recession. Credit spreads could continue to widen year end, making borrowing costs more difficult for business, meaning expansion, therefore, less likely. Stock market volatility could remain elevated, although we've never really gotten a VIX capitulation in this market sell-off. Normally, we get that VIX up around 45, and that's usually marks kind of around the bottom. VIX really not, didn't get much above 35 in this past market route. Another big surge in oil prices, like $30, $40 a barrel more, that could really put an end to growth um, and continued U.S. dollar appreciation. When we raise rates, the dollar goes up. That cools your economy, period, end of story, economics, textbooks, 101. So the Fed really... They were looking at all the data I'm looking at. Uh, they haven't started jawboning and talking about that data yet. Uh, we like to look on their terminal, look for the Fed commentary throughout throughout the week. So that being said, though, I, I you know even though I think a recession is more likely, I do not think it would be appropriate to sell equities right now. I think equities are cheap. I also think there's been some capitulation indicators tripped, uh, which led to last week's rally. Uh, the percentage of the members of the S&P 500, for example, that are above their 50-day moving average got all the way down to 2%. So what we had is we had quality selling off. We had winners selling off. Energy's been the big winner this year. And we had in the prior week, we had energy even sell off. And, you know, here's other market bottoms, right? There's 2020. This is the COVID sell-off. This is the 2018 trade fear sell-off. Um, so more would be a really bad time to, I think, unload just because you think a mild recession is coming or a recession is coming. That being said, uh, I do think this earnings season and the guidance that starts basically now, there's going to be some companies pre-announced this week would be my guess, even though they're not reporting earnings this week. Um, I think that's going to be a rough, rough summer, make it a rough summer for stocks. So, um, you know, again, as I said, quality of sold off, some big names, sectors like energy, quality names like Microsoft are down. We've seen an increase in correlations to that sell off. That usually is an indicator you're somewhere near a bottom when just everything loses its bid, everything from crypto to Apple computer. Uh, but boy, have valuations gotten attractive. The S&P 500 is now below 15 times. If you take out the top five names, and I know that's a little weird to say, but if you take those out because they're so massive um, and have higher multiples, you know, the broad 495 members are quite cheap. 20% of the members, about 100, now have a single digit PE multiple. That makes them very, very attractive. We think a moderate recession is actually priced in at this level. And I put fair value somewhere around, you know, 4,000 or so. And we think this, why do we think this recession is gonna be moderate? Well, we think there's still a lot of consumer demand 
banks are still very flush. Corporate balance sheets are still very flush. They're still buying back a lot of stock. And also because corporate balance sheets are very strong, uh, we expect that there won't be much of a reduction or elimination in capital expenditures in this very modest recession uh, should it come. So as I mentioned, S&P fair value is probably at 4,000. Uh, that's what Bloomberg says. We kind of agree with that. Um, I think the market narrative shifts from normalization, you know, repricing relative to rate normalization now to lower earnings guidance. And that could come as early as this week. So if I want to be a pessimist right now, I'm saying that companies are going to be looking at demand, looking at their order books. Some could pre-announce weak earnings this week and that could hit the stocks. Some could just miss and guide lower. Um, and that'll cause the analyst to finally go lower. That'll be in the coming three to four weeks. Um, but as of this morning, S&P 500 earnings estimates for the forward year are $228 a share, and they haven't come down at all. The analysts tend to not, they wait to be told uh, before they bring those estimates down. So that would be my glass half empty scenario. My glass half full scenario is we got capitulation, stocks are really cheap, the recession's going to be shallow. If you're a long-term patient investor, it's time to own more if you have the cash of the great companies of America because we don't invest for the next 60 days or, or six months. We invest for the next six years, 10 years, 15 years, et cetera. Okay, lots of economic data this week. Durable goods, home sales, trade, retail inventories, house prices, let's go all the way back to April, less relevant. Consumer confidence from the conference board to follow up on Michigan from last week. First quarter GDP revision, it's gonna stay at one minus one and a half percent, looks like. Core PCE inflation year over year, last time was four nine, it's getting, it's expected to go to four eight. If it does better, great. If it does worse, bad. That'll affect rate expectations. Uh, final PMI for, for, excuse me, Chicago PMI for June, and then the S&P Global final uh, manufacturing PMI will get services the following week. Construction spending, ISM manufacturing also still both expected to show expansion, but they're getting down there closer to that 50 line. And then auto sales expected to pick up a little bit, still suffering from the semiconductor shortage there. Don't forget to subscribe, give me the thumbs up, the like, retweet, etc. We appreciate all the follows. Thank you. And we'll be back to you again in one.